Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome and welcome back, everyone. My name is Chris Bell, and I am president of the North Carolina Council of the Blind. Uh, I appreciate everyone being here, and wasn't that a great uh, session last night? with uh, Ron Brooks. I thought he, you know, he had his three elements of a successful presentation, which was entertainment, information, and uh, inspiration, and he hit all of them. So if you didn't get a chance to hear it, it will be available on a podcast, and I hope you uh, check it out. So uh, I would like to ask our secretary uh, to uh, do the list of officers and board members present as I call the meeting to order. Okay. So this is Lacey Coward, um, the secretary. So we have our president, Chris Bell, um, first vice president, Becky Davidson, second vice president, Alan Moore. Our treasurer is Joe Tolliver, um, that I'm the secretary. And then our members at large are Kendall Gibbs and Larry Woodard, but I don't think either of them are present. Um, Our assistant treasurer is Jane Farida, but she is also absent. Um, And then our assistant um, secretary is Karen Addison, who is also absent. Okay, thanks very much. Uh, Now let's have the invocation by Reverend Donald Raines, Mr. Raines. Yes, thank you, sir. Let's all bow our heads for a moment. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come before you this morning to thank you for all of our, all the blessings that you have provided unto us. Thank you, my Father, for last night laying down. Thank you for keeping us safe from all hurt, harm, and danger. Thank you, Father, for rising us up this morning with our minds stayed on thee. Father, we want to thank you for this meeting, this conference of the North Carolina Council of the Blind. Thank you, my Father, for the fellowship and the friendship that we all have between each other. Father, we ask that you will come into this conference and grant and let this be one of the greatest conferences that the North Carolina Council of the Blind has ever had. Bless all of our officers, our members, our board members. Father, please walk with us and talk with us. Please, Father, give us a good time, a fun time here in this conference as we attend. Bless us with the information that we can receive. Bless those that will be our speakers and will give us good information concerning us who are blind and visually impaired. We thank you for all your blessings. Please forgive us of all of our many sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much, Reverend Reigns. You're welcome, I, would li- sir. Thank you. I would like to personally uh, thank all officers and board members and all members of NCCB for their involvement and support of uh, myself as president over the last two years. Um, We have accomplished a lot, which I'll refer to in a minute, but uh, I think it's a wonderful thing 
that we have so many uh, new people leading this organization, stepping up to to lead. I think most of the people that are uh, going on for leadership positions uh, have not were not a member of NCCB two years ago. And uh, so I think that speaks volumes about people's willingness to lead and step up. And uh, a number of them are next generation folks and not necessarily uh, old uh, white beards like myself. So, I mean, I appreciate uh, those people that are, uh, you know, maybe a little older like me that are sticking around. But let's face it, uh, we always need new blood and uh, the next generation. So I think this is awesome. And I thank those who have stepped up to uh, run for officer and board positions. Um, want to talk a little bit about some of our major accomplishments um, as I think everybody knows, we were very involved in voting rights litigation uh, over the last uh, year and a half. Um, we took the lead in some ways uh, as an affiliate. We had people that stepped forward, uh, Joe Tolliver and Dr. Ricky Scott, Kenny Durden, Kendall Gibbs, uh, and the uh, Governor Moorhead uh, Alumni Association stepped forward and sued the North Carolina Board of Elections demanding that we have the right to vote by absentee, uh, privately and independently. And we were able to achieve a preliminary injunction granting us that right last September 25. Uh, and we were involved in, in testing that system and many of us got the opportunity to vote for the first time absentee by being able to receive our ballots electronically, being able to vote uh, them using assistive technology, and being able to return the ballots electronically. Um, we're, the only, we're the only affiliate, as far as I know, that was able to achieve uh, that electronic return. West Virginia does, but did that by legislation. We were the only ones that were able to do it through litigation. And uh, on June 15 of uh, this year, the federal court in Eastern District uh, of North Carolina issued a permanent order so that our future elections uh, will all, uh, we will all, uh, as citizens of North Carolina, be able to vote absentee privately and independently if we wish to do so then uh, so that order is not time limited so that's a big deal um, I also uh, want to reference Democracy Live they are the vendor that uh, enabled in effect North Carolina to offer us the ability to vote privately and independently and electronically and uh, they have told me they will be making a donation to NCCB which I really appreciate. Uh, but at this point, I want to give a special invitation to Dr. Ricky Scott, who has a story to tell about his trip to Washington, D.C. to discuss disability rights voting barriers. Dr. Scott. Good morning, uh, President Bell, and to all of, of, all of our fellow uh, NCCB members. I'm glad to be here this morning. And I just wanted to briefly comment about uh, 
my experience uh, with the uh, vice president and the other panelists who uh, were invited to by the vice president to come and uh, speak about uh, our experiences and our stories regarding voting rights and uh, the uh, barriers that are uh, being implemented across the country that uh, adversely impact uh, the rights of uh, persons with visual impairments to participate in the vote. Well, um, like I said, there were, there were seven uh, who were invited. It was a closed uh, conversation with the vice president. Um, he wanted to get uh, an honest take on voting uh, experiences in the different uh, states that were represented. And she went around to each of uh, the seven individuals there and uh, asked direct questions about our experiences in our different states. And the thing I was most impressed with, the vice president was, was very engaged and her questions were, were on point. And I think that he came away from this uh, panel discussion with a greater understanding of, of uh, persons who are blind or vision impaired and their experiences with the vote. Uh, so she went around to each of the states, and and of course I uh, did seek to give a uh, Reader's Digest history of of the uh, vote here in North Carolina and the ongoing efforts uh, that had been made to to ensure our full and equal access to the ballot, and it was it, it was very rewarding to be able to report on the fact of, of our most recent victory uh, against the State Board of Elections here. And the sad fact is that uh, the stories were remarkably similar in places like Texas and some of these other states. Um, I think Texas, in fact, some of the people that tried a similar effort uh, through the state and the state rejected uh, the person's request, similar to what we have here, and it's it's. Uh, but but that's basically what was it was all about. I uh, did uh, fully ex explain um, the involvement of the collaborative effort of, of NCCB uh, and its efforts in leading the. Uh, uh, making helping us with the contacts with DRA to move this issue um, past the conversation phase to the legal action phase. And needless to say, when you're dealing with seven people, given uh, their stories and you have only one hour to do it, it is a very, uh, very compressed uh, time to do that. Now, after the meeting was done, uh, we did continue the conversation with uh, AAPD, which is the uh, American Association of People with Disabilities, who who, who uh, helped to coordinate this event with the vice president's office. So, so people were able to continue the the uh, conversation and uh, gain some understanding what was being done 
and in hopes to take some of what had been done back to their state so they could continue the effort to uh, advance uh, voter access for those of us who are blind or vision impaired. Well, thanks a lot, Dr. Scott. Listen, I really appreciate yes, your uh, your your leadership. First of all, you were one of the named plaintiffs, and then to go to Washington D.C. and and meet with Vice President Harris and your disability rights colleagues that was outstanding, and uh, so that was great work. Um, I should say, in terms of the coming elections in November in North Carolina, um, some counties and cities and towns will be holding elections and some will not. And so for us to participate, we need to contact our specific county board of elections to see uh, whether there will be elections in that county in which we can participate, because there won't be in all the counties partly due to uh, census uh, redrafting uh, districts and whatnot. So um, another significant development was the creation of an at-large membership meeting. This is something that was uh, uh, pushed by Peter Crumley and Bill Graham and May Davis and others uh, for people that uh, were not living in a place where one of our four chapters uh, existed and so uh, the decision was made not to create a chapter because of certain requirements that could be burdensome, but instead to have a monthly call. And we've been doing that every uh, Monday, the fourth Monday of every month. We've been having a call and uh, it's been very good. And uh, if you would like to uh, join, uh, we're not doing a call uh, this coming Monday, the day after tomorrow, because we've been having our convention, but um, we will the fourth Monday of October. And if you would like to join us, please feel free to do so. And the way to do that is to contact Peter Crumley. Um, and you can get that information. If you don't have his uh, contact information, you can get that from Lacey Coward. We also this year updated our articles of incorporation. And that was important for a number of reasons. But one of the reasons it was important is it is allowing us to have this convention virtually and to vote in uh, new officers and board members. So uh, uh, that was important to do. We've also passed the ACB uh, conduct policy, uh, making it applicable to our affiliate. Um, we also had four of our members participate in ACB's legislative seminar, which this year uh, was done virtually. Uh, I think next year it will be done in person, but it will be in March. Uh, and uh, I hope that, that people uh, in NCCB will consider uh, coming and participating because uh, it's, a, it's a learning experience. We have a day of education and different issues affecting the blind and low vision community around the country. And then we go and visit with our members of Congress and senators. And uh, we usually have three uh, legislative objectives that we discuss. So uh, by all means, uh, please think about joining us. Uh, the, the more the merrier. And it's a, it's a good time and uh, fun and educational. Now I'm going to call on some reports. I wonder if our secretary, Lacey Coward, would give her report. Yes. Okay. So this report is from the 2020 convention. Um, so it's our annual business meeting. 
Chris Bell started our board meeting with a recap of the previous evening's events. We then had a reminder from Monica about how to use the Zoom platform. Because we were having a virtual meeting, we could not vote on anything at the meeting, which was due to, um, I believe, the nonprofit laws in North Carolina, as well as our Articles of Incorporation, as Chris just mentioned. Chris gave his president's message. Um, we sent four people to the ACB Legislative Seminar. We met with our representatives, as well as participated in educational presentations. We also worked with Industries for the Blind facilities in North Carolina to help them follow COVID-19 protocols. Um, they were having employees who were getting the virus due to the lack of these protocols being enforced. Uh, we're hoping that things have improved since we've been involved um, with them to make this happen. Um, NCCB gave a significant sum of money to four food banks across North Carolina. We also gave money to the GMS, the Governor Moorhead School Foundation, to assist families of students who have lost income due to COVID-related um, shutdowns. Chris also did some work on legal compliance for our documents. At the time of the meeting, this process was still ongoing. Our treasurer is now bonded, and we had, a, we had to renew our SSL certificate for our website. Um, I provided the secretary's report from the 2019 convention, and that report is available upon request. If you would like to review that, just let me know. The treasurer's report was given by Joe Tolliver and Jane Farida. Jane feel, or Joe feels that we have come a long way. We have switched to online banking and are working on organizing our funds. We switched banks to Wells Fargo. Joe and Jane both have online access to the accounts. Joe and Jane have worked together to make sure that our finances are up to par and as they should be. Jane gave the treasurer's report, the asset report, our Wells Fargo special savings had $4,607.62. The Wells Fargo checking had $2,998.69. The Brady Jones Memorial Fund had $6,403.27. Our Fidelity investment account had $119,553. Our Fidelity savings account had $50,439. For total assets of $225,464.58. Other assets, uh, we have prepaid insurance of um, $859.31. Our fixed assets were, we have office equipment of $1,452.84. Computer software, $531.99. For a total assets of $228,308.72. The profit and loss report. Income, we have miscellaneous income of $200. Our convention receipts were $2,043.88. We had $250 in donations. Interest from our NCSB credit union account was $4.37. Our interest from the savings account was $70.62. The Brady Jones interest was $0.14. Cent. Our PNC money market interest was $1.19 for a total interest of $76.32. Membership dues were $834.08. $504.08 of that stayed with NCCB and $330 were sent to ACB for our dues uh, for them. 
We had accounting services of $1,017.50. Assistance to individuals was $1,250. A service fee of $10. Convention expenses of $327.51. Insurance bond of $1,313. ACB membership dues $330. Legal services $3,142. The legislative seminar was $3,077.97. Miscellaneous expenses was $139. Scholarships was $1,500. Travel was $103.43. Our website expenses were $159.98 for a total expenses of $13,570.39. So we had a net loss of $10,156.11. The convention committee report was given by Lawrence Carter. Um, We had approximately 48 attendees for the convention this year. Um, Our committee worked hard to make the convention a success for 2020, and he thanked his committee. The Brady Jones committee report was given by Lacey Coward. There were two applications for assistance. One was awarded $250 for a dental expense. The second applicant was for a double lung transplant. Uh, There was $500 given from the Brady Jones Fund, and then an additional $500 was given from the NCCB General Fund. The investment committee report was given by Chris Bell. The stock market took a plunge back in March of 2020. So the investment committee um, decided to put about 25% of our investments into uh, four-week registry bills, which was a safety move. Um, the Alamance chapter reported report was given by Anthony Yellick. The chapter raised money as well as supported their community through donations. The Charlotte chapter report was given by Becky Davidson. Uh, she said that they are in rebuilding mode. They're inviting speakers from local agencies to build partnerships within their local community. There was no report from the Durham chapter. The Greensboro chapter report was given by Sandra Haywood. They have not done much due to COVID. They are helping families for Thanksgiving and Christmas. The Raleigh Wake chapter report was given by Lawrence Carter. During the holidays, they gave money to support a couple of families. Then in January, they started a Terry Lynn storefront. For more information about the Terry Lynn fundraiser, please reach out to Lawrence Carter. They also have worked with local trench. Uh, transportation as well as the city of Raleigh HR department on some of their hiring practices. They have been having their meetings by phone. They also gave money to the double lung transplant fundraiser. And this concludes, uh, that concluded our business meeting. Thank you very much, Lacey, for your report. So I would like to have a motion uh, to adopt the secretary's report. And do we have a second? Second, Becky Davidson. Okay. Uh, All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Any abstentions? Hearing none. Uh, The minutes of last year's annual meeting have been adopted. And thanks again, Lacey, for doing that. Now, uh, our next report is from our treasurer, Joe Tolliver. Joe, would you uh, present the report? Hello, I'm happy to do that. Um, 
I have um, current numbers, um, and I need to let you know that in a couple of our accounts, there was no recent activity. This includes the Brady Jones Fund. Um, uh, we only go back so far. Um, so if there were monies awarded that we haven't mentioned, I apologize for that. And thank those who asked for our help and um, received it. We have in our savings account $43,236.76. That's as of yesterday. In our checking account, we have $5,677.06. That's account ending in 2919. In the Ready Jones account, we have $6,228.27. And again, there's no recent activity in that account. On uh, June 15th, we paid Shell Bray um, $750. And that is our attorney, right, Chris? That's correct. Okay. Um, and... We paid them so much that they gave us a refund of $325 this past August. So that was um, enthusiastically deposited back to our checking account. There was interest of about 37 cents put into our account in August and July. And in June, we had... uh, Deposit of 0.35, that's 35 cents interest. And I didn't add up all those figures, but you know how uh, minimal that was. But we do, we are in good shape. Um, I don't see any other activities to report. And that is my report. I would be glad to answer questions. Joe? Um so I would like to have a motion to accept the treasurer's report as provided by Joe Tolliver. So moved, Mrs. Becky. Thank you, Anthony Yellow. Okay, are there any questions? Hearing none, I'm going to call the question. All in favor of moving, of accepting the treasurer's committee report as read, please signify by saying aye. 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 Any opposed? Any abstentions? Hearing none, the report is adopted as read. Thanks very much, Joe. Now I want to move to the committee reports. Um, Is uh, Kendall Gibbs here for the Advocacy Committee? Good morning. All right. So my advocacy committee report so i have not been able to meet with them a whole lot but i have actively been working on covid19 efforts for people with disabilities specifically those with visual impairments and trying to work on with disability rights north carolina and alliance of disability advocates north carolina which is the center for independent living on obtaining the um 
being able to administer the vaccine within workplaces such as the the center in Durham and Greensboro. So I've, I've been working with these two groups. The Disability Rights North Carolina is focusing more on remote areas out on the East Coast. So I've been trying to advocate with the Alliance of Disability Advocates and other centers for independent living in the central triangle and triad areas to get the vaccines to people. Um, it seems that vaccination efforts have been successful thus far and people who wish to get the vaccines, both first and second, have been able to do so. And those working on the booster are um, actively waiting for either the um, FDA approval of the next one or have already received the booster on this one. So um, I've also been working on the electronic accessibility. So the website for the state of North Carolina COVID-19 statistics has not been accessible for screen reading software. So I've been working with the state of North Carolina and Disability Rights North Carolina to get that so that people with screen readers and other screen magnification software can navigate the COVID-19 statistics. So that is where we are, and that is the accessibility report. Kendall, and um, I should add that uh, there are also some people looking at other websites within the state government, state and county local governments to see whether or not they are accessible and in compliance with WCAG 2.1 standards. And if we find any that are not, we will be working to make them accessible and, if necessary, uh, to pursue litigation, which we've already discussed with disability rights advocates as they're available to help us. Um, okay, Environmental Access Committee. Uh, Becky Davidson, would you like to give your report? Sure. Um, it'll be fairly brief, but... Uh the committee also has not met a lot, but we have talked uh, in, de in depth about the problems that we face here in North Carolina as they relate primarily to pedestrian safety, the lack of accessible pedestrian signals, as well as a lot of places, lack of sidewalks, um, and a variety of things that make it difficult for people with vision loss to cross their intersections as they need to. So we talked about what the problems are and our next step is to strategize on how we can get people uh, directly involved in advocating at, at their local level, finding out the problems and there's a wide variety and then giving people, helping people find the tools to advocate for um, better pedestrian experiences. So um, I think listening to Ron Brooks last night just confirmed um, the need and the value of that. So I'm looking forward to working with uh, environmental access uh, at our state level um, to do what we can to strategize these things, um, which is what we've been doing on the national level. Um, so, so much of the advocacy for pedestrian safety issues like uh, accessible signals and sidewalks is local. And that's where we need to help people equip themselves and their communities to deal with these issues. So that's, that's my report. Thanks, Becky. And I also want to uh, thank Becky for her leadership. She is the chair of ACB's National Environmental uh, Access Committee. 
and you'll hear about uh, some of ACB's uh, advocacy activities from Clark Rockfall uh, this evening. So stay tuned for that. Um, I think Joe essentially gave the report on Bradley Jones. We didn't give any money this year, and we have the uh, amount, so I'm going to pass on that. So in terms of the investment committee, which I chair, um, we have in Fidelity an investment account and a savings account. So currently, our total account value is $189,176. That compares uh, very favorably to uh, what we had in 2019, which was a hundred sixty-one thousand nine eight nine nine hundred eighty-nine. So that's a significant improvement. I'm happy to say, um, and uh, so that's where we stand. Uh, membership committee, Lacey Coward. Can you tell us uh, how many uh, currently paid-up members NCCB has? Yes. So we currently. <clears throat> Um, in our membership, have 103 currently fully paid members on our books. Excellent. That's a significant increase from uh, some previous reports. That's great. Uh, Nominations Committee, Mr. Carter, I believe you have a report. This year, we get to participate with an election. So... We have an election this year without any challenges, and I'm sort of disappointed in that, but we're still in the process of going through. So for, I'm going to read over or speak over the people that are running for office. For president, we have Ms. Lacey Coward. First vice president, we have Ms. Becky Davidson. Second vice president, we have Alan Moore. For secretary, we have Miss Belinda Collins. For assistant secretary, we have Miss Colby Garrison. For treasurer, we have Miss Joe Tolliver. Don't kill me, Joe. Uh, for assistant treasurer, we have Miss Jane Farida. For board position one, we have Mr. Billy Graham. Board position two, we have Peter Crumley. And these are the people that we have running for office. And we'll hear more about this later on in the business. Now we are ready for reports from NCCB's chapters. So uh, who do we have representing the elements chapter? Anthony Yellow, the president. To let you know, the chapter we have not met due to the COVID-19, but the church that we meet at uh, has still been uh, COVID shut down. But I have been calling each member, each member periodically to check his hair on his going. We have 27 active members and one new member. But like I said, everything is going well. I'm keeping in contact with each member periodically, calling and checking. But everything is doing awesome. Ain't no deaths, no financial debt. We just remaining stable. We handling, we meeting, we talking, we loving, we laughing, we stand, we stand, we stand, we stand and connect with one another. And that's the Alanis chapter report for the shutdown. Thank you. So the Charlotte 
chapter uh, who will be giving the report for Charlotte? We are currently in a uh, rebuilding mode. We have about, uh, I guess, four to five active members. And um, we continue to call our members. And also we have uh, invited uh, guests to our uh, meetings. We uh, uh, invited um, uh, Karen uh, Covington from uh, Insightful Visionaries. And um, uh, in June, we had a visit from uh, Rosalie Mitchell from the uh, Legal uh, Assistance to speak with us about the um, voting laws in um, North Carolina, uh, the changes to the uh, voting laws, which makes the voting accessible to people who want to vote uh, by absentee ballot. And uh, this completes my uh, the uh, notes for... Um, the uh, year of uh, 2020. Thank you, uh, Kenny. Uh, just uh, so people know, Rosalie Bischel was our main contact with disability rights advocates um, in our voting rights litigation. Okay, the Durham chapter, I believe we have President Donald Reigns. Yes, uh, Mr. President. Hello, everybody. Um, Durham chapter wants to report that one, we've had two new members to join one about three months ago and we have one to, to have joined this month. Um, we've been advocating for, um, for certain, uh, issues, concerns for the, uh, for the blind and visually disabled. Uh, we spoke with the North Carolina Medical Society for ophthalmologist surgery. We also spoke to the um, other uh, medical association for eye doctors where we pointed out to them that North Carolina General Statute 111-1 through 4 mandates and stipulates that all doctors and ophthalmologists having patients who are blind or visually disabled report their patients to the uh, North Carolina uh, Department of Health and Human Services and to the um, North Carolina Division of Services for the Blind. And uh, I spoke to the executive president of both groups and I showed them the law of that they said to me that they was going to um, put out notifications to all their member doctors and their associations that this is the law in North Carolina and that hopefully doctors will begin reporting their patients to Health and Human Services and the Services for, for the Blind so that persons who are blind and visually disabled in North Carolina would begin getting rehabilitative services, programs, and such. I do know that Mr. Selda, I believe his name is, of the uh, North Carolina uh, Medical Society, he did contact Cynthia State, who is the director of Search for the Blind, who later contacted me and I told her, yes, I'm the culprit, notified these medical groups so that persons in North Carolina who are blind and visually disabled 
will get on the uh, the listing of the Center for the Blind for rehabilitative services. I uh, was also advocating for public safety. There are many streets in North Carolina, especially in Durham, that um, there are street construction zones. Some of them do not have any barriers, cones, other safety uh, equipment around these construction sites, these sidewalk safety sites. And uh, we've been asking and I've been trying to talk with the police department that wherever there is a construction zone, that there are cones and uh, those ribbons that say constructions and whatnot be placed. Someone told me about a year ago that they was on the number 10 bus in Durham and they were looking out the window and they seen a blind man stumbling over debris and other such construction materials trying to maneuver through a sidewalk construction zone. I also was advocating, and I've been doing this for a number of years, uh, that at the crosswalk, there is a legislation. It is um, that requires vehicles to stop and yield when there are pedestrians. Then there's one legislation that um, also requires vehicles, especially to stop and yield when there are blind or visually disabled pedestrians trying to cross the street at the crosswalk, that vehicles stop and not move until the pedestrian is safely on the other side of the street. I have taken pictures of this being happening. I've gone to uh, several of the news stations and showed them the pictures and whatnot. I've spoken with several police officers and commanders in Durham Police Department, and uh, they will not enforce that law. Clark Rashville, our speaker for today, I spoke with him about a year or so ago, and he informed me that nationwide collisions between uh, uh, black pedestrians and vehicles in the crosswalk had risen 40%. And I've been working on this, and uh, I believe uh, about two, three months ago, I even made a call to our Ricky Scott. He informed me, and I informed my counsel that the reason why many police officers do not want to enforce that law because it is a felony. And they don't want to write a felony ticket on uh, vehicle drivers that do not obey that pedestrian law. Uh, back October, I think it was, I and my vice president, James Russell, we was on a conference call to uh, a, a group of black people um, that was meeting in Fayetteville. And we was on that call, and one of the attendees on that call did say that 
a sheriff in the Fayetteville area said that he will not write any tickets to any vehicles not stopping for pedestrians in the crosswalk because it's a felony and he don't want to write a felony ticket on vehicle drivers. And uh, this year I, I was trying to speak with um, our state congresswoman. I spoke with our state senator, uh, Natalie Murdoch. She spoke to our group a few months ago on housing, public safety, transportation, health care, education, and employment. And I still want to talk with her about the pedestrian crosswalk law here in, in North Carolina shall be enforced by our police officers. Um, we are doing a lot of things trying to grow. Uh, we have a new member that came in a couple of months ago. His name is Kelvin Mosley, and uh, he's heading up a new ad hoc committee from Durham Chapter, where we'll be working on membership growth, uh, trying to form a new way of advocating and um, uh, trying to work with the community for the blind and the visually impaired. Uh, we have been solvent as far as our finances, our investment. Uh, Durham chapter is uh, doing very well. Uh, we are trying our best to greater things, greater things. Brother President, this is my report for this year. Well, thank you, uh, President Rains, and thanks for all the great advocacy that you're doing. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Um, the Greensboro chapter is in good standing, which we could be do better, but with the COVID, we're having a hard time with people coming out to the meetings when we have other people that's in other cities like Winston-Salem. Um, but we do meet every first Thursday of the month at the coffee shop at the Industries of the Blind. We have two new members. We have a guest speaker coming out next Thursday, the first Thursday in October to come talk with us on independent living. We do keep in contact with one another. We're trying to stay as close to one another as we can. And we're... We did have a fundraiser on last month with giving, um, supplying food for urban ministry and battered sheltered women, which they don't have that here in Greensboro anymore. But we found out that it was a place where we could donate it to them. And we're giving each one family member and Thanksgiving $100 and then Christmas also. And that's my report for Greensboro. Thank you, Madam President. I appreciate that. That's, um, now, the last chapter, but not the least, is Raleigh Wake. And I believe President Lawrence Carter is here. Well, Raleigh Wake, we've been a bit slack this year, but we did have uh, two guests come to speak. 
the city of Raleigh's ADA coordinator came out to speak uh, to our chapter by telephone. And the one of the city council members, uh, Ms. Dome Forte, came out to speak uh, to our chapter. Uh, well, I just was reminded that the Governor Moorhead School principal came out to speak at our uh, chapter meeting as well. Uh, we gave monies to the food bank. I think that's going to be my report right there. Okay, thank you, President Carter. So, uh, excuse me. Yes, I want to. I want. To, I forgot to make this also uh, announcement from the Durham chapter of the blind. Our member Terry uh, Lewis has invited the employment manager of the LCI in Durham. They're going. She's coming to speak to us at our meeting the fourth Friday of October because um, there is a shortage of, uh, of workers who are blind and visually disabled, and they're reaching out to see if there's people that would like to work for LCI in Durham. And uh, so if anyone wants to um, get on that conference call, they can call me. I can give them our conference call number, and uh, they can listen to uh, the the um, the the, uh, the manager for employment at LCI as she make her appeal uh, for workers for the LCI workplace. Thank you, sir. Okay, thanks. And that's one of the um, affiliates of the National Industries of the Blind, I believe. Uh, yeah, I, want, I have a question for the Charlotte president. I believe that's Kenny Durden. And uh, I want to know if he is aware of a group called the North Charlotte Lions Club. I just recently discovered uh, that they have 11 members who are blind, and they all seem to be fairly low-tech, so I believe if he could, uh, I can give him the contact uh, information for that club, and I believe he might, that might be a good place for him to go speak uh, and might be some fertile ground for some membership. So uh, uh, he can get us, this is Bill Graham uh, in Raleigh, and uh, if you'll, uh, you can get my number there from, I guess, Lacey and uh, uh, or email, and uh, I can supply you the contact information, but uh, 11, 11 blind members in that Lions Club. It's Joe Tolliver, and I just want to give a shout-out to people listening on ACB Media 9. Again, it's not too late to register for the North Carolina Council of the Blind Convention. I'd also like to say to, um, I want to say to somebody, that these um, traffic safety laws do have um, some sway with guide dog users. So it might be good to include some of them when we go and advocate for safer pedestrian walkways, roads, etc. Yeah, this is Bob Warren, Chapel Hill. So I, I spent quite a bit of time uh, testing the demo portal and wrote up a, a fair amount of comments, a lot of them wording changes or reordering some of the questions and whatnot, and, and, and sent that off. Uh, I can speak more about that in a second. But what I also did um, 
is I went to the actual part of the website, the uh, North Carolina Board of Election website, where you request an absentee, accessible absentee ballot. And to the extent I could, because not everything was was ready, this wasn't the demo site. This was the real site where one would go to access uh, or or request access for the accessible ballot. And I worked through that, and I had a fair number of... uh, issues that I thought were going to be quite confusing to people. So I wrote a whole write-up on that. The, the main problem that I see, and this is something that's more of an education thing, is that when you go through that part of the process, before you actually get to, you know, fill out the ballot or do any of that, you have to act, you have to request one or request the ability to use it, I should say. And what that involves is, is providing the Board of Election with your email address and um, what I discovered is that the email address is not a required field. So my concern is that people will fill out, try to fill out that form, not not realize they need to actually put in their email address and uh, fail to get a to get the email telling them they can use the site. I've communicated that to Miss Fischel and to a guy named Matt Stone, who is now the um, ADA coordinator for North Carolina Board of Election. Um, I sent all the stuff, and but I haven't heard anything like, oh, that's a good, you know, we'll look into that. So I'm, I'm a little concerned about that. I think that's really an education issue. And I guess that's my, um, my second point is that it's incumbent upon, I mean, this is awesome that we have this capability now in North Carolina, thanks to uh, all you folks that did the litigation and Democracy Live, et cetera, disability rights and see all the folks that did it. But unless unless people know about the option, um, it, it won't it won't be as good as it could be. So uh, I'm hoping I mean, I've been trying to spread the word among the various low vision groups I'm a member of. But there are plenty of others throughout the state that may or may not have a representative on nccb or have any idea that this this capability really exists so i'm i'm uh i hope we can do something between between now and november on that store and then find the final comment i would make and and this did come up in a number of uh, when i was talking about this issue with uh, the various low vision groups one in orange county and one in durham people need to understand that is, at least as of right now, instead of one witness, when you're filling out the accessible ballot, you're going to need two witnesses. And this was of some concern to, uh, to several of the folks in the, these groups that, you know, if, if you're a couple, you can witness each other. But if you need two witnesses, that, that ups the uh, challenge a bit. So, again, that's an education thing. People need to understand that that's what they're going to be required to do so they can make, you know, make plans for it. So th- those are my uh, those are my comments. And I, I, again, appreciate the fact that we are we'll be able to do this. I just want it to be accessible to as many people who can use it as possible. That's great. Thanks, Bob, for that. And, and thanks for pursuing that and, and sending those issues along. Um, I will contact Rosalie Bischel and uh, see what's going on with the education and, and those, uh, those changes um, to try to push things along and see what their uh, State Board of Elections plan is for public education. Because you're, you're right. 
uh, people don't know about it, then it doesn't matter. And they they need to make the, some of those things you mentioned clear on their website. So Would you like to me to care. forward uh, Mr. Stone's email and so forth uh, to you? I, I didn't know yeah. if you had it. No, okay. I, yeah, why don't you do that? That would be great. Yeah. His email is something like ADA coordinator, okay? But his name is Matt Stone. So I'll get that info to you, Chris. Great. I appreciate that, Bob. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Mr. President. Yes. Uh, I'd like to ask Bob to send me the write-up he's done because I know the person that's supposed to be working on the website to make it accessible. And we just may be able to get that field put in that is that it is uh, necessary to add the email in. Okay, great. So, Bob, you can do that, and uh, that'll be super. We'll, we'll get this fixed, or at least as good as we can. So, uh, as uh, the chair of the nominating committee, Mr. Carter, has noted, we have a uh, slate of... Uh, people for officer and board member positions, and they are running unopposed. Um, so I'm going to ask uh, Lawrence Carter uh, to make a motion to uh, approve uh, and have the slate voted on uh, as a slate. Uh, and uh, Carter, if you would do that and, and list the people again. Mr. President, I would like to make a motion that our slate of officers, Lacey Coward, Becky Davidson, Alan Moore, Jane Farida, Joe Tolliver, Joe Tolliver, Belinda Collins, Kobe Garrison, Peter Crumley, and Bill Graham be nominated by acclamation. Thank you. Is there a second? Second, Anthony Yellow. Okay. So, uh, um, is, is there discussion? Okay, hearing none, I think what I'm, I'm going to ask is that we do this by a vote of raising hands for people in the, uh, on the panel and in the audience who are uh, bona fide members of the North Carolina Council of the Blind. I'm going to ask all fully paid up members of NCCB that are on the panel uh, or who are in the audience to uh, take a moment to raise their hands if they're voting yes to elect the slate, and then we'll have a chance to put those hands down, and anybody that wishes to vote no uh, may do so by raising their hands. So um, at, right now, I ask anybody voting in favor of uh, electing the slate of officers and uh, board members that have been nominated to please raise your hand. Right now, we have 20 hands out of 30 raised. Okay. Is there anybody else that wants to vote? Okay, so now we're 21 out of 30. All right. Uh, Monica, can you lower all hands? All hands are lowered. So anyone opposed to electing this uh, slate of officers and directors, please raise your hand. No hands raised yet. Okay, if no hands are raised, then um, I'm going to call uh, the election uh, unanimous. And congratulations 
to the new officers and congratulations everyone yeah this is cool so um what's going to happen under our bylaws is we will have the next quarterly meeting uh, which follows our august meeting um, on saturday november 6th and at that meeting um I, as the outgoing president, will uh, do the uh, oath of office for all the uh, new officers and board members, or all the officers and board members. And then um, President uh, Lacey Coward will uh, take over the meeting. So that's how it will work. And in the meantime, there are things to be done to pass uh, certain information and NCCP credit card and whatnot uh, on to Lacey and uh, make the make the transition and uh, we'll be uh, off and running. So, if is there anybody out in the audience or in the panel uh, that has any questions that they want to raise, uh, Mr. President? Yes, uh, Lawrence Carter. It's not a question that I have, but uh, convention report I sort of let you slide by and I sort of forgot as well but I would like for everyone to know that next year we've already started to plan for in person and we have a hotel Ramada Inn in Raleigh North Carolina that we have already blocked off for the convention in September please forgive me I I sort of forgot the date. It's the last full weekend in September. The last full weekend in September. Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, September 22. The room rate will be $82 a night. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't think you're going to be able to find that anywhere else in North Carolina, but it's a great deal. So come on, join us for the convention of the NCCB in 2022, Ramada in Raleigh, North Carolina. And that will be September 23rd through the 25th. Great. Okay. Does anybody else uh, have anything to add or are there any hands raised? Mr. Okay. President? Yes, sir. This is Donald Rain's Durham chapter. I would like to ask that with myself and other chapter presidents that sometime or another soon or whenever we can, we will have a conference call meeting. I think it'd be good if the chapter presidents come together and meet maybe to assist one another to help each other chapters for the, uh, for the benefit of all blind and visually disabled residents in North Carolina. I think it'd be good for chapter presidents to somewhat communicate and fellowship with one another for that effort. Okay. Um, I think that's a good idea. I think you want to think about whether you want to involve a representative from the at-large uh, meeting as well. But uh, Yeah, yeah. Okay, but at any rate, I think it's a good idea, and um, as I said before, uh, I would suggest that uh, 
you take the bull by the horns and uh, contact your colleagues and, and arrange the meeting. I think it's a good idea. I will say uh, that uh, our membership uh, coordinator, Cindy Hollis at, at ACB National, uh, has uh, indicated a desire to have a uh, regular meeting with the chapter presidents of all the affiliates. And she solicited from the uh, presidents um, of the affiliates the uh, name and contact information for all the chapters. So uh, if you haven't heard from her, I think you will be. And I, so I think that'll be done at the national level. But that that's that's the, at the national level. I think what you're talking about at NCCB is a great idea. So, you know, go forth and do it. And, uh, oh, Mr. Be, President? Yes. Uh, Mr. President? Yeah, I think uh, Donald Raines and I discussed it a second or two, and I, I think that's a grand idea. And I was thinking about October the 15th as a good time to have uh, a meeting because it puts us like almost two weeks out of the state convention and almost two weeks before the quarterly board meeting. So I was thinking that we should do this, all the chapters plus the at-large uh, person to meet on the 15th of October. If that's not a good day for most, call me and let me know. We'll pick up another day. But the 15th is a Saturday, I do believe. Okay, so uh, why don't we... Why don't we, rather than responding uh, uh, via Zoom verbally, why don't uh, people uh, reach out and send an email to uh, Mr. Yeah, Carter and, uh, <laughs> and make, make sure that uh, that date, of course, you haven't mentioned the time either, Carter. So, well, hey, on uh, a Saturday, we can be flexible. <laughs> well, okay. But, but anyway, you, got, you guys coordinate that. And uh, thank you. That's great. Thanks for for stepping up, Mr. President. This is Peter Cromley. Can I interject something there? Yes. I believe that October fifteenth is usually National White Cane Day, and I know that some of us are involved in local things to promote You're white. Right. Cane. <sighs> oh, okay. I, I think October fifteenth is a Friday, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It's, uh, well, the sixteenth then. <laughs> Make the 16th, I know in Charlotte we're having a blind sports day, so I don't know if Kenny's involved with that or not, but I am. So, um, but anyway, yeah, let's, we could. I think you guys could easily work that out amongst yourselves, and then let us all know when it's going to actually happen. That's a very cool idea. Yeah. Door prizes. Door prizes. Oh, door prizes. Yes. And Christina, I will quickly draw a couple of little door prizes here. This is your door prize, Stephen. By the way. Yay! First up, <laughs> first up, we are going to have a an, an Outback Steakhouse gift card for twenty five dollars, and that was graciously donated by the Greensboro chapter. <clears throat> and that will go to James Russell. So, James, we will make sure that we get that gift card to you, so you can get your grub on at the at the Outback Steakhouse. Cool. And then secondly, we will do another uh, food line gift card. And this one, again, is from the Raleigh Wake chapter and Mr. Lawrence Carter. And 
this one will go to Peter Crumley. So Peter, you'll be able to get you some groceries and some or some goodies and you know, enjoy that on, on behalf of the uh Raleigh Wake Council there. All right. Excellent. So I will entertain a motion to adjourn the business meeting. This is Lacey. I make a motion we adjourn. Uh, any second? No taller second. Uh, all right. All in favor, say aye. 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 All right. We're done.